Hello everyone out there, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you so much for tuning back in to our weekly NFL recap episode. Uh, as you are probably familiar with, I'm going to be doing the first half, uh, and then we'll segue into Brandon's half. Uh, Logan will probably be doing his portion on this Giants episode. We do have queued up later on in the week. It will be after the Thanksgiving games and probably before the Friday game that no one's going to be watching. Um... As you all know, we're going to go through the recap from week 11 and then get into our post-week 11 power rankings and then get into the predictions for week 12. Uh, It was a very interesting week this week, obviously, infamously the Joe Burrow injury on Thursday night football. The Bengals fall to 5-5 over the loss 34-20 against the Ravens, improving to 8-3. The Ravens are probably that number two team in the NFL right now. Um, And then next we had the Dallas Cowboys obliterate the Carolina Panthers 33-10. to The Panthers are just a abysmal organization who have honestly failed at every step of this offseason, probably due to ownership, but you know a big portion of that, in my personal opinion, has got to be on coaching. They're failing this young quarterback who a lot of people are going to let this slide, let his performances be okay. Okay, he's a rookie, you know, but he's having a horrid season, a terrible year. Uh, next, we had the, uh, nothing really to say about the Cowboys, shout out to Kevontae Turpin and Brandon Aubrey, former USFL guys that are still just dogging it out. Um, next is the Cleveland Browns taking the 13-10 to win over the Pittsburgh Steelers, who just fired their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. Uh, they are an abysmal offense, one of the worst in the league, but they're 6-4 and even after that loss. The Browns improving to 7-3 and with DTR at helm, who didn't look terrible, didn't have a great game, but he looked poised, calm, and collected. Clearly had a week of practice, unlike that first start that he saw in the beginning of the season. Uh, Deshaun Watson is also out for the year, for those of you who do not know. Uh, next, a game I talked about extensively in the Lions episode, if you guys want to check that out. Uh, the Detroit Lions took the 31-26 to dub. Over the Chicago Bears, the Bears fall to 3-8. and eight. The Lions improved to 8-2, and two, best start since 1962. So, historic season so far for the Detroit Lions. Let's see if they can rebound and regroup. The Chicago Bears should not have let any of their staff members regarding coaching staff, front office members, GM staff, anyone get back on that plane on the way back to Chicago after that game because first team in NFL history to uh, lose a game with an opponent that had a plus three turnover differential. So they made history in their loss. So shout out to all Bears fans for, you know, pushing through these horrible seasons with Matt Eberflus, who should be fired. And if I'm a Chicago Bears fan, I'm either trying to throw everything I have at Bill Belichick or, you know, some of those premier coaches or Ben Johnson. Try and steal Ben Johnson from the Lions. And they, they need someone for Justin Fields. He is not the problem. Talked about that pretty extensively as well in that episode. If you guys want to check that out, make sure you do so. Uh, next game here. Houston Texans took the W over the Arizona Cardinals, 21-16. The Texans improved to 6-4, and and the Arizona Cardinals fall to 2-9. Even with Murray in here, uh, they did not look, you know, 100%. The roster is very lackluster. Kyler Murray is just getting hot and warmed up, ready for next year. Uh, that's what this team's <laughs> essential motto right now is, we're ready for next year. Um, The Houston Texans, even with C.J. Stroud throwing three interceptions, as did Jared Goff, both of those quarterbacks came away with the win, did what they had to do. Uh, As C.J. Stroud said, you know, just like Steph Curry does, I'm just going to keep shooting, you know, just keep firing away. Why not? Next game is the Oakland, not, excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders falling to five and six against the Miami Dolphins, who improved to seven and three. 
the Dolphins won 20 to 13. Aiden O'Connell gets his first loss. Um, picked off twice in the game. Jalen Ramsey went nuts. You know, he had some great plays. Um, Tua and the run game look a little, little rough, but you know, at least they beat a lesser club. The Raiders still fought pretty hard though. So shout out to Jeff for sure. Uh, Jeff is a Raiders fan that I know personally, a former MLB baseball scout. So a guy that I actually worked with for a little bit there. Shout out to Jeff. He's a Raiders guy. Um, but moving forward, next game, we have a shocker. The New York football giants improved to three and eight with a 31, 19 victory over the Washington commanders who fall to four and seven, not looking any better in their record. Um, Ron Rivera needs to be fired immediately, like right now, today, please, like please, you're ruining this team, he's ruining this team, I mean, this game was a joke from from the start, Sam Howell just really wasn't in it, but no one on their team was, so I can't really pin it all on Sam, who's leading the, the league in passing yards, I really gotta just show my love for not only Brian Dayball, but Danny goddamn DeVito, a guy we've been shitting on consistently, a guy who posted negative nine passing yards, I think, in his debut, um, and he didn't start that game, but he came in, you know, but it, it, this was a very good performance all around. The team really needed a win like this, just a confidence booster, but, you know, they they are going to probably fall out of that Caleb Williams discussion, probably even that Drake May discussion, and I think the New York football giants should draft Bo Nix. That's my take. I'm going to let Logan know that off mic, and then I'm going to go into that Giants episode and pitch that idea to him. Let's, let's see what he, you know, what he thinks. You know, this is a you know, bleeding Giants fan. But um, shout out to Logan, by the way, who's not here. I know that. It's a little upsetting. Logan's not on an episode uh, regarding this. But again, he will be giving his power rankings on the, uh, the mid-season Giants episode. We're going to be covering the Giants season up until this point. Talk about some performances, some lackluster, you know, headlines and stuff like that. So we'll definitely get that involved. Um, but you know, we'll wait till then because he is low key on the grind. He's on the clock. So we can't always be you know, doing what we want to do most of the time. Um, but you know, Logan sends his love to everyone out there listening right now and shout out to Logan for putting on all the work that he does. Same with Brandon excited to get his uh, segment in this episode and you guys make sure you stay tuned all the way through to listen to that. Um, but next up we have the Los Angeles Chargers taking the L to the Green Bay Packers, 23 to 20. The Chargers falling to four and six, and the Packers improving to four and six. Two teams that genuinely suck. Um, each have their own deficiencies. The Chargers is their head coach. He's Brandon Saley needs to be fired like yesterday or yesteryear. Um, and Matt Lafleur is a great coach, but he's stuck with a very, very lackluster and young roster. I just don't believe Jordan Love is the answer. He didn't blow this game though. They got away with a gritty win. Excuse me. Just had my dinner. Um, and this episode will be coming out probably on Thanksgiving. So if you're listening, happy Turkey day. Um, but yeah, no, the Packers come away with the win. I, I, the Packers play tomorrow. Actually, I talk about them a little bit in that Lions episode. Again, check that out for sure. Um, but yeah, nothing crazy for them. They're a pretty, they're a pretty abysmal roster. Um, next game, the Tennessee Titans, take a loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars 34 to 14. The Titans fall to 3 and 7. The Jaguars improve to 7 and 3. The Jacksonville Jaguars really rebounded after that loss to the 49ers. Trevor Lawrence really came into his own in this game and Calvin Ridley exploded. Uh, the Tennessee Titans have a lot to worry about. I know the, their their season's done, but 
they're not really showing any kind of fight, and I've never seen that out of a Mike Vrabel team. I know I've talked about that earlier on the podcast a couple weeks back, maybe even last week, but I just see I, I see no fight out of this team when they play. I, I just see no effort, no grit, and I'm not saying that these guys aren't going out there to try and win, but they just don't look like it. Um, next game is another abysmal game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers take the L to the uh, San Francisco 49ers, 27-14. The Bucks fall to 4-6, and six, and the 49ers improve to 7-3. The 49ers look like they're back. Uh, Brock Purdy had a perfect game against this defense, which has been terrible for the past five, six weeks. Uh, the Bucks look terrible. They are going to have a rough couple years. Um, in my personal opinion, I really do believe at some point this year, if we can't come away with a couple wins here and there, we, we need to put Kyle Trask in to see what we have in him. You know, if it's the last game of the season, see if he comes up with something big and, you know, maybe that's a deciding factor on whether or not the Bucks re-sign Baker. We have not done a Bucks episode in a while, but we will get something like that out soon. So if you're a Bucks fan, stay tuned on the pod. You know, hopefully we'll get a little mid-season or maybe even just a, a season recap when the season's over at this point. But the Bucks have really had a rough year in terms of starting out really solid and then kind of just underperforming to just being flat out just lackluster and just overall just kind of a doormat for some of these teams. And um, it's a shame because they went from greatness with Brady to now they're just a 4-6 and six team that's probably going to miss the playoffs in a very winnable division. Um, next game here, the Buffalo Bills take a whopping victory over the New York Jets, 32-6. to six. Uh, The Jets fall to 4-6. and six. The Bills improve to 6-5. and five. Neither team is convincing to me, but the Bills really did show out and improve uh, and show that, you know, without Ken Dorsey, their offensive coordinator that was fired after last week's game, uh, they can't actually perform and do something without him. And maybe it was him, or maybe it was a little bit of an adrenaline boost for the offense to go out there and perform. But the Jets look terrible. Zach Wilson is a horrible quarterback, and I've said this on the pod for a long time, guys. I, I have. I, 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 you can check my receipts. I've never had faith in him. And he's just terrible. The team's given up on him. He's destroyed the team. Inadvertently and unintentionally, Zach Wilson has destroyed that team. And I really believe that the biggest mistake was Salah not not being decisive. Go get a Carson Wentz. Go get a guy like Cam Newton. Go get fucking guy. I don't know. Like there's there's guys out there. Go draft. You sort of drafted a quarterback like. Instead, they have Tim Boyle and, you know, Trevor Simeon going to be, you know, the one and two this upcoming Friday um, for that flexed, obviously, Amazon, technically Thursday night football game, but it's on a Friday. But the Jets have just been failed by coaching and management, as well as just god-awful Demarcus Russell-level quarterback play. Some could even argue way worse. Um, The next game is the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Los Angeles Rams. Taking the L 16 to 17, the Rams improved to 4 and 6. The Seahawks fall to 6 and 4, but they're still looking pretty good. Geno Smith has been very lackluster this year. The rush attack really uh, kind of got shut down this game. Uh, the Rams just outcoached him. And, you know, Stafford being back and healthy and Puka Nakua doing his thing. I mean, he's a headline that needs to be discussed week in and week out. His consistency is stellar. Um, the Rams really did their thing and came away with that win, that gritty win that they've come away with a couple times this year. They're not the best-looking team. They don't have the best roster or anything, but when Sean McVay's there, he's going to put them in the fight, you know? Um, this next game was the final game of Sunday on November 19th. The Minnesota Vikings take the loss 20-21 to against the Denver Broncos, who have won the f- last, four of their fi- last four out of their five games 
Um, and they've had some pretty impressive little performances here. And Russell Wilson's been balling out when needed. Um, and I, I, this is a team I had no respect for because of last season. But they, you know, they're fighting, man. They're actually fighting. I'm not going to say they're going to get to the playoffs, but there's a chance of it. You know, there's a small chance they might make a late season push here. But they've been balling out, and Sean Payton has that defense kind of getting better. Uh, and the offense has really been performing when needed. Like I said, in those clutch moments when they need to score and those last second kind of points needed scenarios, they've been they've been performing well in those situations all season. So shout out to the Broncos and Denver fans out there. They have a good team. The Vikings fall to six and five. The Broncos improve technically to five and five. But the Vikings, I'm glad they took the loss there as a Lions fan, just as a little bit of an edge, a two game edge on the Vikings in the division. The final game of Week 11 was the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead, by the way, and taking the W 21 to 17. The Eagles improved to nine and one for the second straight season, and the Chiefs fall to seven and three. Um, this was a you know, very competitive, high-scoring, flashy game. Lots of points that could have been scored, but yeah, obviously we know that the Kansas City Chiefs have horrible receivers, and honestly, their offense is not the same. Kelsey with that fumble that gets you know go you know, a touchback rule they have um, for the fumble in the end zone. But you know, the Eagles really outperform this team, especially on especially on offense. Jalen Hurts is calm, cool, collective, and makes the plays needed. AJ Brown is a stellar stellar receiver who even in a game where he doesn't do much he still is that decoy opening things up for Devontae Smith opening things up for the tight end position opening things up for some of these other guys that don't get all the spotlight but uh, well deserve it Um, just shout out to Nick Sirianni I know people are shitting on him for his tunnel trash talk to the Chiefs fans but he's a passionate coach I wouldn't want my coach just walking in there after an L not hyped I want my guy fired up Getting my team ready to go ten and one next week. Fuck what everyone else is saying. Seriously, you know my mom loves the Eagles. Pops loves the Eagles. I got to give them you know unbiased coverage, obviously, as a a potential media outlet for some of y'all out there. But the Eagles really are the best team in the NFL, undoubtedly. And I think it's about time people start saying that with conviction, especially after going into Arrowhead, like the Lions did, by the way, and pull off that win in front of a nasty crowd and especially against their former head coach, Andy Reid. And Andy Reid's got something to worry about, getting outscored in the second half again. Um, and their losses are, you know, only three, but they have a lot of exposure on their tape, and teams in the playoffs are going to use that against them. They're not the strongest Chiefs team we've seen in the past five years, so we're going to see where that lands them. Um, but that pretty much wraps up the recap for Week 11 on all the games, and I know... Uh, Brandon will have his insight and input on some of the recaps uh, for the Week 11 games as well. So make sure, again, you guys stay tuned till the end of the episode for that. Um, and we'll definitely get some different opinions and stuff on here. Um, but moving into my power rankings, uh, I'll try and make this a little entertaining like Logan does. But 32 through 28 is horseshit. 32, I have the Carolina Panthers. 31, I have the New York Jets. 30, I have the Arizona Cardinals. 29, I have the Tennessee Titans. 28, I have the New England Patriots. 27 through 20 is like, they're done, but mid. Um, I have the New York Football Giants who improved to this because genuinely seen, seen Danny DeVito, it's not even his real name, go do that and then probably go get a nice cooked meal from his mom at home. You know, he, he, he earned it. 
Um, 26, I have the Denver Broncos. 25, I have the Raiders. 24, I have the Packers. 23, I have the Commanders. 22, I have the Bears. 21, I have the Rams. And 20, I have the Chargers. Um, and obviously, like I said, they're out of the race, but just kind of mid. I mean, the Falcons, I mean, the Chargers aren't yet, but we, we all can kind of see where this is heading for Brandon Staley. 19 through 15 is going to be like, yikes. They were expected to be a lot better and showcased them being a lot better earlier on, but now we're, you know, falling. This is, I'm going to call this the falling category. 19, I have the Atlanta Falcons. 18, I have the Indianapolis Colts. 17, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, 16, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 15, I have the Cincinnati Bengals, who dropped nine spots, by the way, my biggest dropper of the week. Actually, I feel like it was the Jets, I'm not going to lie. But at 14, 14 through 10 is like they're cracking the surface or falling out of it. Um, 14, I have the Saints. 13, I have the Seahawks. 12, I have the Vikings. 11, I have the Bills. 10, I have the Browns. Teams that need to amp it up now. Uh, And then 9 through 5 potentially interchangeable on any given Sunday. Um, I have the Dolphins at 9. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars at 8. And then I have the Houston Texans at 7. I have the San Francisco 49ers at 6. And then I have the Dallas Cowboys at 5. I think all of those teams are very interchangeable. If they played, we would see outcomes that, you know, would 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 back that up. Now, 4 through 3... Um, I think this is a given. At number four, it's the Detroit Lions. At number three, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. At number two, I have the Baltimore Ravens. And at number one, I have the 9-1 Philadelphia Eagles who continue to show up and show out um, and kind of defy the odds. Not really defy the odds. They're a phenomenal team and they really have nothing to worry about in that regard. But genuinely something to think about is like people still kind of have problems you know dealing with the fact that they're a very very elite organization at this current point in time but uh, moving into my predictions for week 12 of the 2023 NFL season before I get into the predictions make sure everyone out there is following all of our social media platforms at tea time reports on anything from Instagram to threads to Twitter slash x to uh, YouTube at uh, Tea Time Reports and our website, tea time, uh, excuse me, teatimereports.com. So if you guys want to be a part of the community a little more, go check out all those platforms. Show us some love and appreciation. It's greatly uh, welcomed and, and, like I say all the time, appreciated. We appreciate everyone out there listening in right now, um, wherever and whenever you listen to this. Hopefully this is something you can look back on and listen back on and enjoy it and maybe enjoy it just straight up for the first time as well. But make sure you also follow the show on whatever platform you're listening to this episode on. It 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 does wonders for us over here at Tea Time Reports, and the whole team greatly appreciates it. But getting into the Thanksgiving games or Turkey Day games, um, November 23rd, Thursday, we have the Green Bay Packers taking on the Detroit Lions at 12:30. First game of the day. I'm going to take the Detroit Lions. I said this. I'm predicting 28 to 13 or 14. Um, the next game on the day is the Washington Commanders taking on the Dallas Cowboys. And, oh, I I did not mention the Green Bay Packers are going to be at Ford. Um, the Commanders are going to be in Dallas. I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys, probably handedly by at least two scores. 
the next game on Thanksgiving is the 49ers taking on Seattle in Seattle. Uh, I'm going to be taking San Francisco in this game. I think that's a safe bet. Uh, Friday, November 24th, we have the Miami Dolphins taking on the New York Jets at 3 p.m., very strange time. I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins uh, taking the win at New York. In New York, excuse me. I'm also going to be taking the uh, New Orleans Saints over the Atlanta Falcons starting on the 1 o'clock slot on Sunday, November 26th. I'm going to be taking the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think, over the Houston Texans. Um, I don't know. No, no, no. I'm taking the Houston Texans over the Jags. Yeah. And then the next game, the Bengals uh, are at home against the Steelers. I'm going to take the Steelers because no Joe Burrow. Uh, The Panthers travel to Tennessee and take on the Titans. I'm going to take the Titans. They're just a better team, and that's not saying much. Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel to Indianapolis to the Colts. I'm going to take the Bucs. The Patriots travel to New York and battle the Giants. I'm going to take the Giants. I know that's stupid, but why not? Uh, The Cleveland Browns take on the Denver Broncos in Denver. I'm going to take Denver just in kind of like a little upset. They've been upsetting teams the past couple weeks. The next game I'd like to talk about is the Rams at Arizona. Uh, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Rams in that one. Um, the next game starting off, oh actually I, the last two games were in four o'clock. Uh, the next game at 4:25 is the Philadelphia Eagles at home against the Buffalo Bills. I'm taking the Eagles. Sorry Morgan, I know you're a Bills fan or any Bills fans out there, but the Eagles at home that's deadly. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs travel to Las Vegas and battle the Raiders. I'm going to take an upset here. I'm going to take Antonio Pierce's team riding that negativity the Chiefs are coming in on because they did take that L at home. Uh, the next game is the Baltimore Ravens taking on the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I'm going to take the Ravens beating the Chargers at home. And then on Monday Night Football, we have the Bears at the Vikings. I'm going to take I'm going to take the Bears with the upset. Why not? Shout out to Brandon. And um, honestly, that might be a good way to segue into his part here, but... Yeah, no, this was a a very exciting week 11. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the coverage on it. Brandon will definitely extensify and and expand on my thoughts and stuff like that. But um, I genuinely thought it was a very telling week of football. Going into week 12, we really are going to just continue to nitpick on the details for some of the really good teams and kind of understand the mid-level teams and lower-level teams situation better, um, especially going into the draft, which is always important especially if you need a quarterback. But uh, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to me talk about Week 11 and giving my power rankings. Brandon, I'm going to go ahead and let you take it away, boss. Greatly appreciate it. It'll be a second for y'all, but it's going to be probably about, you know, who knows, maybe an hour for us. But hopefully this will be up before the first game on Thanksgiving. Again, if you guys, if we don't have a Thanksgiving episode, which we should, we might, um, happy Turkey Day. Hopefully everyone has a lot to be thankful for, be grateful to be alive, and, you know, be grateful for football. So it's a romantic sport, not in any weird way. Great storylines, great games, great players. I mean, what else can you not love about this, especially on a day full of food? So make sure you enjoy yourselves. Stay safe. Stay awake for sure. Thank you so much for listening to my coverage on the NFL's Week 11. But Brandon, go ahead and take it away, boss. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It's Brandon here with you. Thank you, Trevor, for handing it off to me like you've been doing. Now, let's get into my portion of the Week 11 NFL Recap. Now, this was somewhat of a weird week. 
but not really in a way you know there was a lot of divisional matchups but then a lot of games where it's like damn is this even really going to be entertaining you know but it was an entertaining week nonetheless there was 14 games this week week 11 eight of them were one score games we've seen a lot of that in the league this year but the games that you sort of thought that would be blowouts ended up being blowouts um and i'm gonna do what i did last week sort of this time we just had trevor on compared to trevor and logan however trevor sort of did justice covering week 11 i don't want it to have it be repetitive you know and just sort of beat the drum with that i'll just sort of go over some of the big storylines and touch on a few games and i'm going to touch on the first two of course um one of them being the cincinnati Bengals heading into maryland at M&T Bank Stadium, I believe it's still called, and taking on the Ravens. And we all know by now what happened and the outcome of this game, and it's it sucks. Once again, we have another top five elite quarterback going down for the season with another season-ending injury. This time, Joe Burrow with his wrist on his throwing hand, I believe. Ravens end up pulling away with a victory, 34-20. to 20. Now, there's some deeper shit into this because I, uh, unfortunately, I traded for Joe Burrow on Monday of last week. On Monday. Yeah. I traded Trevor Lawrence and some others for Joe Burrow and some others. The, the mainly it was just to get Joe Burrow because I have Jamar Chase. You know, I wanted that Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase stack. I've been high on the Bengals. They were trending up, finally getting in their groove, you know. I'm like, fuck yeah, this is what I wanted to do on draft day. And it got taken from me. You know, so this is something I've been wanting to do all season. Then just to give you a preface of how my fantasy season has been going. I started out 0-3. I won six in a row. Then I believe I've lost my last two or three. If that adds up. But yeah, I've made a lot of moves again. I've actually acquired Trevor Lawrence back. We'll see how good that does me. I'm in the process. I'm in the process of acquiring another quarterback as well. Rather it be um, Justin Fields or Dak Prescott. All dependent on the trade package that I can get, but yeah, man, like, what are the fucking odds, like, that's just fantasy football, like, the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, obviously, people drafting Aaron Rodgers, or not even Aaron Rodgers, people drafting Garrett Wilson, then that shit happens, but Trevor Lawrence hasn't dropped more than 20 fantasy points all season, for a quarterback, that's terrible, for a quarterback that's supposed to be a top 10, top 15 quarterback, That's even worse. The fact that Trevor Lawrence, in this offense too, with Calvin Ridley, with Christian Kirk, with Evan Ingram, Zay Jones can't stay on the field, but Travis Etienne as well. The dude has not had more than like 19 and a half points all season, fantasy-wise, up until week 11 when he drops 30 fucking five, bro. Has two touchdowns through the air, two on the ground. Like, are you serious, man? Calvin Ridley erupted for both of those reception touchdowns. I have that stack in my other league, so that was nice to reap the fruits of that labor. But, yeah, back to that Bengals game. 
Gus Edwards continues to do his thing. He has like 580 yards and nine touchdowns in the last five games or some shit like that. Ravens are looking good, man. They're looking good. I mean, given the situation and what happened throughout this game, you expect them to win it, which they did. Shout out to Odell Beckham. He had over 100 yards. He's continued to keep trending up. But yeah, Thursday night game, Ravens pulled it 8-3. and three. And just maintain the the lead in that division with, uh, I think, yeah, half a game over the Browns right now. <coughs> As we said, Baltimore hasn't had their bye yet. And Baltimore did actually beat Cleveland, I think, twice. Oh, no, no, no. Cleveland just beat Baltimore the week before. That's right. Yeah, so that's <coughs> – we're still set up for a very, very interesting finish in that division. But moving on, the other game I really want to just touch on a little bit. The Chicago Bears fall to three and eight, one to five on the road, lose twenty six to thirty one against the Lions. <coughs> now, yes, it just always sucks to see your team blow a fucking two possession lead with under four minutes left in the game. However, it does help us in the long run. This is best case scenario in the long run because not only do we show that we're right there, ready to compete with the Lions, the better teams in the league. We showed that it really just it really just does come down to coaching, and we're just that one part away from really being able to compete. And I'm just gonna leave it at that for now. But summing up the other storylines throughout this week, the 49ers get another easy dub. They keep rolling. The Bills come back and just obliterate the Jets. Steelers lose to the Browns on a walk-off field goal. Dorian Thompson Robin. Uh, Robinson gets his first win in the NFL. Shout out to him for that. <coughs> Jordan Love, late touchdown pass, lifts the Packers over the Chargers. If this wasn't the game that you're sitting here looking at an organization, looking at your team, and you're like, okay, we need to make some changes, and we need to make some changes fast, and those changes need to start with Brandon Staley, then if that's not what you're doing right now, then those changes need to start with yourself. Like, dude, you just lost to the Packers, and the way that you lost it, uh, again, another fourth quarter just blunder, and you can't stop a team, you can't make the right decision, you can't make the right play, no matter what it is, it's always something different, bro. And this is what we're starting to see with the Bears, too, it really is, and I really, really hope that the Bears do not turn into what the Chargers have been in the AFC. Um... Dolphins get a 20-13 to 13 victory over the Raiders. I expected the Raiders to lose this, but however, I did tell you guys that they were going to cover. It was like plus 13 and a half or some shit like that, man. The New York Giants and Danny DeVito knocks off the Commanders. He gets his first win. Looks really, really good. Lost some money on that shit. For some reason, the Commanders are just slaves for the Giants, man. Panthers lose... The Cowboys, 10 to 33. Everybody expected that. Deron Bland. Holy shit, man. This guy is just. He's looking like Eddie Jackson from his prime with the Bears before he got paid. It's like ties the NFL record with his fourth pick six in the Cowboys route. Houston gets a 21 to 16 win over Arizona at home in a game that I told you guys was going to be close. It was going to be competitive. It was going to come down to the wire. And holy shit, was that an entertaining game. Through a season-high three interceptions, C.J. Stroud did, but also through 336 yards, two touchdowns. Tank Dell 
eight catches, 149 yards, one touchdown. Devin Singletary, shout out to him, man. Career best day, 112 yards rushing a touchdown. I know he had some receptions as well out of the backfield. But um, if you guys haven't seen that touchdown pass from C.J. Stroud to Tank Dell, I think it was before halftime, please, 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 please do yourself a favor and just grace your eyeballs with that. Moving on, the Seahawks lose to the Rams, 16-17. to 17. For some reason, man, the Rams own the Seahawks. I predicted a Rams win in this game, and they snapped their three-game skid. They sweep the season against the Seahawks, man, and they've improved to 4-6. and six. Moving on to Sunday night, the Minnesota Vikings fall to the Denver Broncos. And a game that, I, once again, I was spot on, really, with some of these predictions this week. Um, going to be a close one, going to be a good one. The Broncos rally. And the Vikings five-game winning streak. Vikings still sitting at six and five, prime position to make the playoffs, hold their own destiny. They play the Bears this upcoming week on Monday Night Football. Justin Jefferson's most likely going to be coming back, which really fucking sucks. Um, Cortland Sutton continues to just be be Russ's favorite red zone target. I think his tenth touchdown of the year, all of them in the red zone. But yeah, good good result for the for the Broncos, man. And now the Broncos have a better record than the Chargers. That's fucking insane. Moving on to the Monday night game, the wrap up week eleven, the Philadelphia Eagles come into Arrowhead and they knock off the Chiefs twenty one to seventeen. The leading passer in this game was Pat Mahomes with hundred and seventy seven yards, man. What the hell? I know the weather was bad and very, very rough conditions. Hard to throw no matter who you are. And we could we saw it there obviously. Chiefs suffered a heartbreaking drop by uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. And one thing about Pat Mahomes though is that post game press conference he said that he should have thrown a better ball. He and the point of that is he did not put any blame on MVS and he has not put any blame on any of his receivers all season long. Even though that his receivers are honestly probably the reason that they're not ten and zero right now. It's just. Goes to show the type of person Mahomes is. Say what you want about him, though. That's just that's what you want out of your quarterback. That's what you want out of out of your leader of your franchise. But yeah, Eagles pull away with a close victory, 21-17. Like I said, um, Jalen Hurts playing on a banged up knee leads a second half rally. The Chiefs don't score a point in the second half. That's like the third or fourth time that season. I think it might be in all three of their losses they didn't score a point in the second half. I might be wrong, but that's an issue. However. Neither of these teams played their best football this night. How could they with the conditions? Still gave us a good close game. Super Bowl rematch, of course, but this this game didn't really mean much, to be honest. I mean, even if you're an Eagles fan and you're the Eagles walking away with a win from this, you're not saying like, oh, yeah, like that Super Bowl loss is avenged now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just another regular season game for entertainment. This doesn't really affect anything for their own paths to get back to the Super Bowl. You know, people would still genuinely pick the Chiefs as their favorite in the AFC. Of course, the Ravens would get an argument. However, the Chiefs are still sitting at the throne until they get dethroned. You know what I'm saying? And same with the Eagles. They're nine and one right now. They're cruising. I think they play San Fran coming up. They play Dallas again. They have a tough schedule. They play Buffalo this upcoming week. But they're playing like the best team. A lot of people said Super Bowl hangover. They have a tough schedule, but they're fucking 9-1, and one, bro. And they're three Jalen Hurts picks. 
and a very just fluky loss against the Jets away from being 10 and 0. You know, and that's the same for both these teams. They're both just whether it's poor receiver play in dropping passes or a fluky game, they're both 10 and 0. The two teams that were in the, in the Super Bowl and I think they're just setting up to meet again, you know. It's going to be really really hard to see anybody be either of these teams. Um, of course, the Falcons, the Colts, the Patriots, and the Saints all had buys in week ten or week eleven. I'm sorry, but um, that wraps up the week eleven recap. Let me move on to my week eleven post week eleven power rankings. Number thirty two. I had to move him out the spot. Shout out to you, Logan. Shout out to Danny DeVito. I had to move him away from that spot because now I have the Carolina Panthers at number thirty two. But don't worry, I don't have them far. I have the New York Giants at number 31. Patriots <coughs> coming off the bye week, sat still at 30. Arizona sat, th- sat still at 29. Now, a lot of this list really did not change at all from last week, man. It was just one of those things where it was just close losses. Or, I mean, close losses that could have went either way. Or they were the blowouts or the games that you actually expected and thought, you know. 28, got the Washington Commanders. They just keep trending down. 27, got the Atlanta Falcons. 26, Tennessee Titans. 25, New York Jets. 24, Chicago Bears. Yes, they did rise after that performance. But you you would have had to watch that game to know the truth. And I'm just going to leave it there. 23, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 22, Green Bay Packers. 21, Indianapolis Colts. Then from 20 to 16, got the Las Vegas Raiders. New Orleans Saints, Los Angeles Chargers, who keep trending down, and the division rival who keep keeps trending up, Denver Broncos, and the Los Angeles Rams, after a good victory off the bye week, sitting at number 16, right outside the top 15. Now from 15 onwards to number 10, got the Pittsburgh Steelers at 15, Cincinnati Bengals, who I would predict are just going to keep dropping. Number 13, the Minnesota Vikings, not moving them too much, man, this, this was a Good ten, uh, a talented Denver team that's playing good right now, at home. You, it's it's gonna be hard to win, and they they were in it all the way into the end. Turnovers did hurt them though. Number twelve Seattle, number eleven Buffalo, then staying at number ten Houston Texans. Now going from number nine to number five. Mm, like I said, a lot of this didn't really change. The order just sort of flip flop. Number nine. I have the Cleveland Browns, number eight, Dallas Cowboys, number seven, Miami Dolphins, number six, the Jacksonville Jaguars, number five, the San Francisco 49ers. And to round out my top four from four to one, this honestly actually did not change a single bit from last week. Number four, the Detroit Lions, number three, Baltimore Ravens, number two, Kansas City Chiefs, number one, Philadelphia Eagles. Like I said, I was going to have the Chiefs ahead of the Eagles all year because last time we saw them head-to-head, we know who came out on top until this point. We saw what happened. Now the Eagles, even before they played, I had the Eagles at number one. Rightfully so. They deserve to be the best team in the league right now. Moving on to my Week 12 predictions. Starting off this wonderful Thanksgiving day with lots of football, lots of food, lots of fun, lots of family. I hope you all please enjoy it out there. Please help yourself, if you can, to a nice plate. We got the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions starting day at 1230. 
at Ford Field. Lions are favored by eight and a half. Over under is 47 and a half. Honestly, I like the under in this game. I like the Lions money line rather than taking the spread, to be honest with you. Lions should come away with this one easily. This was a team that they were up, I believe, what, 21 nothing after the first quarter on when they matched up earlier this season. Like, come on. In the second game today, honestly, another dud. Dallas Cowboys at home against the Washington Commanders. Over-unders 48 and a half. I like the over in this game. I do. Dallas is favored by 13 and a half. Holy shit. Uh, I'm not touching that spread at all. That's another money line all day. Cowboys in that one easily. And then moving on to tonight's game at 8.20 p.m. We have the Seattle Seahawks hosting the San Francisco 49ers in the divisional matchup. Look, I said that game last week for Seattle was a game that was a must win because they're still right there with 49ers in that division. I think they both had the same record going into last week, and now the Seattle Seahawks have dropped the game on them. And this is a game we need to win, man. They just lost a one-point game to the Rams. They lost a season series to the Rams. They need to be pissed off. They're at home. You know, the 12th man is going to be there. It's Thanksgiving night. But I still like the Niners in this one. Now, the Niners are fucking giving seven and a half. That's another spread I really do not like at all, bro. I'm not even going to touch the money line in this game. Over-under is 43 and a half. I would say the over is probably the safest bet in this one. But that rounds out the Thanksgiving games, though. We do have a game tomorrow on Black Friday, which is interesting for the first time. And boy, oh boy, what a game it is. Mike Boyle, I think his name is, and the New York Jets host the visiting Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I'm just taking Miami. I don't even have much to say about this, man. This is going to be not a very fun game to watch. Miami's favored by 9.5, over under 41.5. Another money line type game. Moving on to Sunday, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading on the road to Indianapolis to face on the Colts. The Colts are favored by 2.5. Over under is 43 and a half. I like the over in this game. This is a this is a hard one to pick. It it really is. I uh I like I like the Colts a lot. I do. I like Jonathan Taylor. I like Josh Downs. They're coming off a bye. They're five and five. They're still playing for the playoffs. Tampa Bay, very subpar from what I mean, not what people were expecting, but from how they started the year. You know what I'm saying? I like the Colts in this one at home just to pick against the Bucks in a way. Sorry to upset you guys out there, you Bucks fans, but I just I like Jonathan Taylor. I like Minshew Mania. I like Josh Downs. I like Michael Pittman. Kenny Moore's one of, if not the best slot corner in all of football right now. So I'm going to ride with that. Next game. Next game. What the fuck? Hey, it's still early. Leave me alone. Next game. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars heading into Houston to take on the Texans. And I am actually shocked to see this, that the Jaguars are favored by one and a half points on the road. This is, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just finding this out for the first time, and this is just blowing my mind. Houston beat them earlier this year. If you look at Trevor Lawrence's stats against Houston in his career, I think he has like one or two touchdowns and like six or seven turnovers. And I think one win, maybe two. Houston's at home. I like the over in this game, 47 and a half. I'm also... 
I don't know, man. Jacksonville's coming off an embarrassing loss, followed up by a very impressive win. Dude, I I really want to hammer that Texans 1.5, man. I, I think the Texans are going to pull this one out. I, I do, and I like the Texans plus one and a half. But I think this is going to be the game of the week. I think that will be one of the games of the week for sure. Moving on to the next game, this is going to be one of the worst games of the fucking season, bro. This might be the first buy, hopefully, finally. Carolina Panthers heading into Tennessee and playing the Titans. Titans favored by three and a half. I like the Titans in this game. Over-under is 36 and a half. I'm not touching that. But the Titans should win this game. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if this was the game that ended up being Bryce Young's second career win. But as a Bears fan, Titans all day, baby. Moving on to the next one, you get the New England Patriots playing the New York Giants. Another just fucking abysmal game. We might have two ties this week. Two. Imagine. There needs to be a bet for that, Vegas. It's hard rock. Come on now. Giants are fucking three and a half point underdogs at home. You know what? I'm riding them with the Danny DeVito in this one, man. I think the Giants win it at home. I do. Shout out to you, Lokes. Moving on to the next one. Shit, dude. This might be a tie as well. Three ties this week, bro. Imagine. This has been the closest matchup so far, according to Vegas. The New Orleans Saints are matched up against the Atlanta Falcons. I think Desmond Ritter's getting a start again, bro. I fucking hope not. But, yeah, the spread on this game is not even a point. Atlanta's favored by half a point. What is that? Just do it. Just call it even at that point, man. Like, what's the point? I like I like New Orleans in this game, though. If and that's mainly just based off if Ritter starting. If Ritter starting, I like New Orleans. If it's Heineke, I like Atlanta. Moving on to the last one o'clock game of the week, the Pittsburgh Steelers going into Cincinnati, taking on the Bengals. Bengals two and a half point dogs at home. Jake Browning's getting the start. This is going to be another fucking snooze fest. The only reason I'm going to be tuning into this for any reason is Jamar Chase being on my fantasy team, but I like the Steelers in this one, man, just because of no Joe Burrow and Mike Tomlin is is coaching prowess in situations like this, you know. Moving on to the 4 o'clock game, the first 4 o'clock game of Sunday, you got the Cleveland Browns heading into Denver, taking on the Broncos, and this is going to be another sneaky good game. Broncos favored by a point and a half at home. 35 and a half is the over-under. I like the over in this game, to be honest with you. Oh, wait, no, fuck, I can't Dwayne Thompson Robinsons. No, I like I like the Broncos in this game, and I like the under as well. Moving on to the next one, divisional matchup. You got the Los Angeles Rams heading into Arizona, taking on the Cardinals. It's gonna be a good game. I think it's gonna be a very high scoring game. I like the over at forty five and a half, but I think the Rams pull out with the victory and I think improve to five hundred they they would with that. Or maybe right below. No, they'd be five and six, I think. Oof. Um but the Cardinals would fall to what? One and nine. We need them to win, though, as a Bears fan. But I, th- I think the Rams pull away with the victory in this one. I mean, Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, Puka, Cooper Cup, which both of those guys are battling injuries. Um, however, Kevin Williams should be back. So it should be a good game, though. I'm predicting that for sure. Then another potential game of the week candidate, you got the Buffalo Bills heading into Philadelphia for the 4 o'clock primetime game. 
Philly's favored by three and a half, coming off an impressive win against Kansas City. Like I said, they're entering their gauntlet of games right now, heading into the end of the season. I like Philly in this one, though. I'm not going to touch this game betting at all. Philly's three and a half. I don't, I don't like that enough. Over under is 48 and a half. I don't like that enough either. I feel like that's a little bit too high. But yeah, I like Philly to come out with a with a close victory in this game. I think this is going to be a good one, back and forth. But I think these two quarterbacks are just going to turn the ball over a couple times to keep it enticing. But Philly's Philly's ground game is going to be what prevails at the end of the day. And moving on to the last four o'clock game of the day or of Sunday's slate. I mean, we got the Kansas City Chiefs visiting the Las Vegas Raiders. Chiefs are favored by eight and a half. I'm surprised it's not more. Um, I'm actually going to hammer that. Uh, the Chiefs eight and a half. I think the Chiefs win this by two or three touchdowns, to be honest with you. Then the Sunday night game should be a really good one, hopefully. Baltimore Ravens head into SoFi Stadium, take on the Chargers. Ravens are favored by three and a half points. I like the Ravens big in this one, but I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I like the over in this one. I think the Ravens end up winning this one like 34 to 30, 34 to 28, something like that. But hopefully, one of the best, one of the better primetime games of this year. Moving on to Monday night's game, you got the Chicago Bears taking on the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Minnesota's favored by three and a half. Josh Dobbs is getting a start. Justin Fields is back, getting a start after a very impressive game last week. This could be a very sneaky good game. I I think the Bears come in here with a sour taste in their mouth. They feel like they could have and should have beat Minnesota their first matchup this year with Kirk Cousins, and they feel like they should have won the game last week against Detroit. So they're going to be pissed. They're going to be upset. Justin Fields is coming off a really good game. He's still playing for his tenure with the Bears. I think the Bears win this. I, I'm, I'm covering. I'm taking the Bears to cover plus three and a half, and I'm also going to take the Bears to win this. I, I like the over in this game as well at forty three and a half. And look at that. I, I like a nice Bears prediction, a Bears victory prediction to end off the Week Twelve recap against the division rivals against my girls team as well. So nothing sweeter than that. Bear down, baby. But that wraps up my part of this episode portion. Thank you so much to everybody tuning in. Thank you so much to Trevor once again for allowing me to add this portion of it. Hope you guys enjoy it. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you once again. Make sure you take care of yourself. Spend some time with your family, loved ones. Enjoy some good food and enjoy some good football, hopefully. This is Brandon signing off. Peace.